hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Hey, and welcome to the HA podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, the host of this podcast, the founder of the HA Society and an HA recovery coach who has walked wherever you currently are. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. I would love it if you could rate and review this podcast, five stars only, to help make this podcast easier for other women with HA to find it. And last thing, nothing from this show should be taken as medical advice. Please seek the advice of your physician. I know a question on your mind is, how long will recovery take me? And I know that because I get that question a lot. And it's tough because the timeline can be really unknown and Look, I can't give you a magic answer that's 100% accurate, but what I can do is ask you a whole lot of questions to understand things like what your lifestyle is, where your mindset's at, what have you already tried, what are you willing to try and not willing to try, and a lot more questions like that to determine a general range that you could expect. So I created a quiz to help get 
that answer to you because I was asking these types of questions to girls all the time. So I thought I'd make a quiz and it's called how long might it take to get my period back? (laughs) The quiz. So once you go through it and you answer the questions, it will give you not just a time range, but a quick description of how you might be feeling to help you connect with that answer and see it, make sure it, yes, like this fits, this feels good for me. And don't worry, these ranges don't have to be set in stone at all. The goal is to allow you to look at the range that came based on your answers and decide, you know, do I want to do this or do I want to speed this up? So once you get your range, you'll also get a few emails from me that week with some important tips that are specific to you to help you work through some of the roadblocks that could be slowing you down and in turn speed up your recovery time frame. So take the quiz now. Just head to quiz.thehasociety.com or find the link in the show notes and let's do this. That's quiz.thasociety.com. Hey, I am excited for today's episode. It's another one talking about lean PCOS. This is actually a kind of like one of my recovery stories. It's it's a good one. Ashley Noonan is joining us and she basically had lean PCOS and she had HA. So she's going to just talk to us about her experience and she's going to be giving some really good advice. This was a great episode. Just girl to girl, if you think you might have PCOS or if you're just interested in it and how it can, um, you know, work alongside HA and what you should do to balance having the both. This is a really great episode. So I hope that you enjoy. Hey everyone. Welcome back to the HA podcast. I'm here today with another episode on PCOS. We just recently started talking about it a little bit more in the HA podcast, just because you know, there's a lot of people out there who have been diagnosed with PCOS. Maybe they don't have it. Maybe they do. A lot of people in the space who are just confused, who are curious about um, the connection between the two. So I've been bringing on a few, a couple of people. Um, and today we have Ashley Noonan here. She's actually, um, she has had or has, I don't know, she's going to share with us PCOS. And she's going to talk to us about lean PCOS. And we're going to dive into that. And I'm going to ask some questions along the way. And it's going to be great. So welcome to the show, Ashley. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here and just connect with you and uh, shed some more light on this really important topic that I feel like is very overlooked. Yeah, it it is. And I don't know a whole lot about like, I know what PCOS is. I know how to look for it. I know, uh, you know, when someone probably has HA instead of having PCOS, mm-hmm. but there's like different types of PCOS and people talk about it in different ways. So what is your background, your story here? And um, what are you, what kind of PCOS are you here to tell us about? Yeah, for sure. So um, PCOS is so nuanced and there's really not a lot of funding or, or research. So I think it's important that things are hopefully moving in the right direction in that area. And more and more women are understanding more about PCOS because the traditional definition or like stereotype view of PCOS is that oh like you're going to be a very in quotation marks overweight woman who isn't healthy and has a lot of like insulin resistance or maybe diabetes and you don't have a period so you have PCOS like that's like kind of the stereotypical uh 
view of PCOS. And I didn't even know what PCOS was until I want to say it was like 2016. I was, I actually had a, I had a regular period at that time, uh, but I was having really bad cystic acne on my cheeks, like everywhere. Um, so I went to my doctor and I also have a history of bulimia, overexercise, binge eating, starving, uh, a bunch of stuff like that. And so I went to my doctor with these concerns and also kind of asking for some eating disorder help. And he decided, okay, like, let's do your hormone testing, first of all, for your acne and like get you set up with some referrals and stuff like that. So the hormone testing came back and I had my follow up and the doctor said to me, so you probably don't have a period, right? And I was like, no, I, I do. I get a monthly, I get a monthly period. He's like, oh, okay, well, your hormones kind of indicate that you likely aren't ovulating. So you might get like a bleed, but you're not ovulating. Or uh, that was just his guess. He said, you can't really know that from just one test, but um, he was interested about like my training schedule, how often I worked out, how much I ate and suggested that I might have some type of uh, PCOS maybe crossover with um, basically resulting from an eating disorder. And at that point, I didn't even know what HA was because I still had a period. So I was more interested in PCOS. And then unfortunately, this doctor moved back to the UK and I didn't have success with other doctors who would take me seriously because I'm in a, a smaller body frame and I'm athletic. So the other doctors were like, oh, you definitely don't have PCOS. Like even though I had um, the ultrasounds done where they look at your ovaries and my, my ovaries did not suggest that I had PCOS, although um, there was like some multiple follicles that can be seen on many women's ovaries. Um, but my, my blood work did show um, the first time extremely low LH, extremely low FSH, and then higher androgen. So I had slightly high um, total testosterone and high DHEAS. And those are um, androgen or more male dom um, hormones, although as many, many women know, or many even don't, that we all have these hormones. Mine were just out of balance. Um, so from there, I started doing a lot of research on PCOS. And actually, most women don't fall into one category. I would say I'm an overlap of adrenal-based PCOS, so um, a stress-based stress PCOS. Um, but I do also tend toward insulin resistance as well. Uh, and some people lump PCOS into like three or four different categories. There can also be inflammatory PCOS or post pill based PCOS. Like if you came off the birth control pill and your period doesn't come back. So they kind of have different origins, but similar symptoms, but there's such a wide variety and such a big overlap that you can't really say like, I only fit into one category. Yeah. It sounds, it's really complicated. Mm -hmm. I'm say it sounds complicated. It is complicated. Um, and it's a huge cause for confusion for our space as well, because in some ways doctors, you know, they really see that it, it, it seems to be very easy to diagnose people with PCOS and all the different types because, but, but it's, it's crazy because they're actually pretty different. Yeah. Um, HA and, and PCOS. Mm -hmm. I, and I, before your episode comes out, there is a one coming out about adrenal PCOS as well. Oh, cool. Which is, um, Dr. Heather Rhodes, she helps us kind of understand adrenal PCOS and how they can present similarly. So that's what you had, right? That's what you said. Yeah, that's what, that's like, I would say that's like the main, um, my main underlying driving factor. Um, that's pretty cool. Like, cause that, that would be a good like segue. Cause she'll provide more of like the science-y 
um, insight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What, sure. what, what was your like symptoms? What? Yeah. Tell me yeah. about okay, tell so, me your experience. Um, for sure. So my main symptoms were that was that severe cystic acne, like just kind of actually, I also had severe acne in teen, like when I was a teenager, like about 12 or 13, but it was on my chest and my back. But like, I didn't know anything about hormones then. And like, looking back now, I do think that was related to severe uh, adrenal overdrive because I was training for um, ice hockey and soccer, like every day uh, for many hours. And I just think that was too much for my body and puberty and all that stuff. Luckily that cleared up because that was like very emotionally traumatizing at that age. Um, but then when I got the like semi like, oh, you might have PCOS. My main symptoms were cystic acne. Um, I also had a, quite a bit of mood swings. Um, I'd just be like really sad some days, really anxious. Um, I also, what were my other symptoms? Um, I mean, I had PMS and stuff, but that can be related to like so many different things. And I also a huge, like just a trigger for my adrenal, like overdrive is drinking too much coffee. Like I'm very sensitive mm. to caffeine. So when I limited my coffee, uh, my acne started clearing up like on its own. Um, so that's still something I'm very sensitive to. I do enjoy coffee. So I like to have it with like food now and I don't abuse it anymore. But at the time when my PCOS was bad, I was like using like caffeine pills and stuff to like try to be able to be more active like that tied into my eating disorder so all of these things I think just put my body in like hyperdrive, go 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 mode and those were my main symptoms at the time and when I found out about PCOS I started to get even more worried and tried to control my food more which eventually led to HA which we can talk about that too right so it, yeah it kind of that's interesting so like the process of trying to control the PCOS kind of created this new issue mm -hmm. I want to yeah tell me more about that yeah yeah so definitely so again I didn't know about HA at the time um and so I'm I've just always been very into sports and a lot of like weightlifting and everything but then I decided okay I want to start like taking my eating disorder more seriously and unfortunately at the time living under the illusion that I was taking care of myself I just got very orthorexic and controlled like everything that I ate so I started to like I tried to be vegan for a year I I didn't eat dairy like I've only just recently started eating dairy freely again which feels so good after so many years of like having so many food rules and fears around different foods um, and ironically though, the first time I lost my period, I wasn't even barely training or working out hard anymore. I just did hot yoga a lot. So hot yoga ended up being a very stressful on my body too. the heat and the dehydration, um, really took its toll. And so my period went missing. I also lost 15 pounds in a short period of time and I'm already pretty small, but in more of like a muscular build. So when my period went missing, I just was like, oh, like, whatever, it's probably stress related. But then when it didn't come for like three, four five months, I decided to look into like, why is my period not here? I don't think it's PCOS related because I'm taking care of myself in quotations more than I was before. So like, how's my period missing now? And then that's when I stumbled upon um, Dr. Rick Nicola Rinaldi, no period, mm -hmm. now what? Um, and so I bought her book and I joined the Facebook group and I started listening to podcasts. And I, I really searched for more information about PCOS and HA because the more I understood that HA is often like a stress, a stress response in women and it can be caused by um, stress, whether that's physical intense exercise and obviously a food component usually and fear around food. 
but then I found very limited information on how it could relate to PCOS. So I felt a bit like an outlier or something like, oh, all these women have HA, but then everything's fine. And I have like, I have to balance both. So like, what's more important? Um, mm. So it took me some time to really be honest with myself that I really was under eating still and not taking care of myself. And some of the really big evidence in that even was just my sleep. Like I couldn't get a full night of sleep. I'd wake up sometimes at like four in the morning and just be awake for the rest of the day, but like exhausted. And I was just not honest with myself. Um, it took, basically I lost my period three separate times. I would gain it back by following the um, eat 2,500 calories and rest for a bit. Um, but then I would restrict again. So it was like a horrible cycle. Yeah. Why do you, was the, was the going back to restriction because you were like, okay, I've got my period. Now I can focus on PCOS or was it, was there more to it? Uh, I think it was a combination of both. I think I used my PCOS as like a crutch, like, oh, but uh, now I have to worry about PCOS and I also don't want to get fat or gain more weight. So mm -hmm. I need some kind of middle ground. Uh, but then middle ground would end up being restriction again, uh, pretty heavily. And then I also think there was periods where I genuinely didn't think I was restricting, but I had to count. I did have to count and be like, mm -hmm. wow, I'm actually like probably short, like 500 minimum calories if I was sat down all day, but I work out, I walk everywhere. I'm a teacher. I teach yoga. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not eating enough. And then I actually booked, um, an appointment for some support with, a with, a um, a professional who just helped me like actually objectively count, which I think was helpful. I know counting can feel yeah. obsessive sometimes, but I needed to see like that I was not meeting my caloric requirements and that, um, I need to do that first. And then I can worry about PCOS and not even worry, just like do, do things daily to ensure that I'm taking care of my PCOS, but without restricting and like not enjoying my life and being sick and not having a period. Yeah. It's, it's really cool how you talk about, like, I needed help with someone to objectively look at how much I was eating. There's all, there's this like whole array of women out there who need different things. And yes, there are some people who it's like, can we just stop tracking at yeah. all right now? And then there's some of us who are so like, I, I have no evidence. And, you know, I know for me, um, I would have, I, I decided to stop tracking because during the time I, I got HA tracking macros, then I tried to like eat more and track mm -hmm. that. And there was a certain number that if I got over, I would get really anxious about. So I stopped and then it was better, but I would have days where I felt like I've eaten like a million calories and, yeah. and my husband would have to be like, what evidence do you have? Mm -hmm. like I just know that I have I don't <laughs> yeah. like it um and and so there's this mixture sometimes of the evidence is helpful mm -hmm. because your logical brain is like doesn't just doesn't believe the process so yeah I like I like that a lot if it's something that people can do for a short period of time and they mm -hmm. know now what that amount of food looks like yeah, definitely. I don't think for long-term it wasn't good. Cause then I would, I was denying lying to myself that I was tracking to make sure I got enough, but it was more to make sure I didn't like exceed some certain yeah, boundaries. Too much. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. So that was a I huge see that lie. more. I see that more often than anything else. More, more often than not girls are tracking saying it's like, so I hit the minimum, but it's actually so that they don't go over the minimum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100%. It's so true. Your brain tries to trick you and 
tells you yeah so I definitely agree it was short term it was just like I needed to see like the actual volume and quantity of food that I that I need and um start to like to like I actually had to tune out my hunger signals a bit at first because I'm so used to eating so much vegetables that would make me really full but like that was not enough Mm -hmm. calories like I would eat so much vegetables and I also have like digestive issues so like those would worsen so much even if they were cooked vegetables I was just overeating like all this fiber and so full and I was like I eat enough I'm full and then I counted and it was like 1,400 calories or something and I would do like an hour of hockey and like an hour walk and like it just no like that's not enough and that's and your period is evidence that you're not getting enough um your period missing is evidence sorry I think like the vegetable thing is such an interesting rabbit hole too that's really common (laughs) um and it makes you wonder we've been told like vegetables are so incredible and you should have like so many serves a day and there's no such thing as too much and there's even people who have it in their mind that it's like an unlimited food and you know if we're so focused on this like caveman days and like what we're supposed to be doing ancestrally I don't think we had the access to as many vegetables as you quite think that we did you know what I mean yeah yeah when when you compare to the amount that you're eating and the amount of access to vegetables that you have as a person in this first world that's not (laughs) that's a lot of vegetables I know it's so true it's a huge volume yeah yeah, a lot of girls are eating, um, you're eating it and and we're using it as this opportunity to get a high volume of food, mm-hmm. not a lot of calories. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And like <laughs> it happens in all spectrums. Exactly. And even like, it's taken me so much time, but like, I'm very, uh, I'm, I just as a human, I'm just like, I struggle with change. So like, I really like, like, uh, patterns or routines and, for me, like, it's also very routine. I'm still trying to break routines with foods, which feels great. Like I said, like I've been eating whatever, but I do focus for PCOS on making sure I have protein and fat with everything that I eat just to keep my blood sugar balanced. And I still take some supplements for PCOS and prioritize sleep and all the good things for PCOS. But, um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I was really obsessed with kale chips. You know, those like dehydrated kale chips. I would eat like a bag or more and they're so expensive too first of all I would eat so much every day and I thought I was like in love with them for like three years and then after being honest with myself like I don't really like them that much like I haven't had them in a year now and I literally thought I could not go without them um and it's just interesting how like when you're like do I really want that or is that just like a safe food that tastes okay and I feel like I don't feel guilt eating it so I just keep having it over and over again and then it's like I don't even like that it's a blanket yeah (laughs) yeah it's a blanket for sure yeah. So you you were saying that oh no I had a thought too and now it's gone. I know mine went away too and then Being I came pregnant back. is the worst. <laughs> Congrats <Happens>. though. <laughs> Anytime anyone hears me like starting a question kind of slow, it's because I forgot the question and I'm like hoping it comes out, it comes back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's okay. <sighs> um, can, that's right. Yeah. So the the challenge for you, right, was like okay, that I read this book by Nicola Rinaldi and it says like, it literally says eat chips and burgers and stuff. Yeah. And um, I see the point for a lot of people, but for other people that's distressing to other potential, un- like that's assuming you have nothing else going on. Mm-hmm. And even still 
you know, you don't want to be living off those things forever. So Mm -hmm. when you're juggling HA and, you know, PCOS or PCOS type symptoms, you kind of have to like walk this fine line of eating enough food, but in a way that's going to support healing of other things you have going on. What things did you have to do that? I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're going to be different to what other people might do. Mm -hmm. What did you have to be mindful of? And yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So actually the first times I just tried to ignore my PCOS and it kind of turned into like binge eating of everything that I wouldn't allow myself to have before. Mm -hmm. And that's probably also what led me back into restriction. Like, look, I can't even handle having something that I want because I just eat the whole bag. Like, so that kind of, that was like what kept me going back and forth. I'm inviting you to something really special, like really, really special. But first, let me ask you something. Are you trying to get your period back and constantly asking yourself the same questions, going back and forth on what you should be doing, wishing you had someone around you who understood what the heck HA even is and what is going on? Are you worried that your partner might explode if you say the word HA again, the acronym, you know what I mean? Then this is absolutely going to be for you. It's the HA Society, (laughs) a community for women with HA to lean on each other and gain support and knowledge about HA that's going to help them get their period back. There's a message board. It's kind of like a Facebook group board, you know, weekly community calls where we meet face to face and talk and actually connect on issues around HA. We have events with practitioners and experts for you to ask questions to learn about HA and to learn more about it than you could ever learn from just listening to some podcasts and reading some books. And we also have early access to the HA podcast episodes so you can be ahead of the game. And also, and what makes this even more special is that your group coaches, Ashley Smith and myself, are available to you for questions and support in the DMs along with any of the other members you want to connect with. Because reality is there's a lot of ladies in there who know just as much as we do. So you get your own coaches for, you know, life. (laughs) You can come in and DM us anytime you have a question. You could check in every single week or every single day, like however it works for you. As a member of this group, you have all the access you need for your individual needs so this group is different because it's not an open group it opens once per month so that i can welcome you in and get to know you properly and when you join you get the opportunity to actually meet and connect with the other HAs and build those real friendships and most importantly not feel alone in all of this so join the waitlist today and i will personally invite you to join when the doors open up So either head to the link in the show notes of this episode or just go to waitlist.thasociety.com. That's waitlist.thasociety.com. Or if you would like to read and learn more about the HA Society right now, just head to thasociety.com. Thasociety.com. Okay. So actually during COVID, uh, the first like lockdown, cause we're still in a lockdown here in, in, um, Ontario again, but 
during the first lockdown, I had kind of like a relapse of not, not full on bulimia, but like binge eating and starving and over exercising, I think just as like a coping mechanism and just something that I'm familiar with. But it was also when I finally got my period back again, because I actually lost my period last summer again, because of um, I had a stomach ulcer and I could like barely eat anything. And then I lost a lot of weight again. Right. Um, and then I was just very like distraught about that because I was like, I've worked so hard eating whatever I want to get my period back. But really, I was binge eating. And I honestly think binge eating unhealthy foods is what caused my stomach ulcer. So it was kind of like, I started feeling guilt for that. Like I was trying to get my period back, but I was just eating junk food all the time. So after getting through this last binge period of and like gaining some of the weight back that I lost from having a stomach ulcer, I've just kind of got to the point where I decided I'm not having any food rules, but I am going to eat to balance my blood sugar and pay attention to how I feel when I eat. So like, Oh, I've been including a lot more complex carbs, but I'm still having like white stuff like potatoes and stuff that they would uh, sometimes say like, you should eat more whole grains with PCOS and all that. I'm kind of, not really zoning into that yet. I'm eating what I want, but like I said, adding protein and fat to all my meals. And then I do want to still prioritize as I keep moving forward, um, just including like healthy blood sugar balancing grains. And then I still take um, something called inositol, which is helpful supplement for many women with PCOS uh, for their hormones. And then I take um, adaptogens such as ashwagandha or rhodiola, which help with the stress response. So I've kind of taken those every time, actually, every time I got my period back, I was on um, adaptogens when I lost it. So I think those played a huge role in um, my stress response as well as like the rest and the eating. And I just think having a balanced approach, like working on tackling all your food fears, even if you have PCOS, because there's so many more professionals coming out now with like breaking that barrier down because there are a lot of social media influencers or coaches that are like you have to go dairy free and gluten free and all these things to combat your PCOS it's like that's just not true and there's no evidence in the research yet that that says like there's no studies that prove that yet and maybe it maybe it will work for one person maybe they'll feel better off gluten but it's really about like finding what works for you and it's going to take trial and error you're not going to figure it out in a week or overnight that's why it's called a protocol right because mm -hmm. it, you're supposed to be following these things to figure out what works for you not like doing it forever and eliminating everything and mm -hmm. not bringing it back in mm -hmm. yeah. yeah not like a blanket statement like again because there's so many drivers behind pcos like one one woman might have some insulin resistance like me, like my family has a history of diabetes. So I'm more prone to that anyway, but then you can get like very, very lean women with no insulin resistance at all who only have like inflammatory PCOS, or sometimes there's been a couple of naturopaths who have related different versions of PCOS to different um, ingredients, like uh, fake sugars or things like that, that have kind of driven a higher androgen response. So it's just fascinating. Like there's a lot more research that needs to be done, but it will take time to figure out what your body feels best doing. Yeah, it will. And just to backtrack on something you had said mm -hmm. um, previous, just a little bit ago, you were like, you had eaten all this stuff. You got a stomach ulcer, you lost your period again, and you were pissed yeah. <laughs> because you had <laughs> done all this hard work. And it was in like, while you were telling it, what I was hearing was like, it's just evidence that your body, <laughs> the loss of your period HA is like a protective mechanism. It's mm -hmm. your body is actually trying to help you. And we often feel betrayed. Like yeah. uh, all kinds of feelings come up about it. Like, mm -hmm. We're betrayed. She can do all this exercise and I can't. And 
you know, my body hates me, but you know, when you're sick like that and your reproductive system skips a, a cycle, this is helpful it, mm-hmm. in a certain way. Like it just, we don't want you to get pregnant right now. You don't feel good. It's not an, it's not an optimal time. Mm-hmm. And it just feels weird because we live in a space where or a world now where that kind of thing's more in our control than it used to be. Um, but yeah, like, like we get so angry at yeah. what's happening when actually it's angry at us. <laughs> yeah. Our body's like, stop, like, listen, yeah. look, look here, please. Yeah. And, and maybe a part of you was actually angry at yourself and not so much. Yes. Um, that too. I'm like, yeah. Oh, like, can I ever break free of this? Like binge restrict, like overeat and eating all this junk food. And then like blaming myself for getting an ulcer and like, la 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 just keeps going and going. Um, and then like, even like from starting my own podcast and just talking openly about, about things, like even some comments sometimes were like, Oh, you're so lucky. You don't get a period. Like I hate getting my period. I'm like, no, like, I, I understand like sometimes it may be uncomfortable and there might be some things to unpack there for, for like your emotional or physical health. But like our periods are so beautiful. Like we exist because of women's cycles. Like, and I just, I'm so passionate too about talking about this type of topic because like, think of how ashamed we were to like ask for a, someone for a tampon or like say we have our period. It was like, I have my period. Like, yeah. like, <laughs> like, no, like when I got my period back the first time I was like jumping for joy. My family's like, okay, like calm down. I'm like, no, it's important. We for my really bone health. to tell Pardon? the world. We yeah. really want to tell the world when it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And social media was helpful to connect with so many people. And then I did find like two other women who had like a lean PCOS kind of HA overlap. And actually there is a lot of evidence that some women in recovery from HA will develop PCOS like symptoms and also higher androgens that are supposed to apparently like lower or lessen within a year or so of recovery. But I'm kind of curious if many of us prone to HA are just prone to like bouncing between the two, like higher androgens could be a protective response as well, because um the third time I lost my period I paid for a Dutch test you know those like comprehensive Mm -hmm. hormone yeah and I mean that was a waste of money because I could have just eaten more because that was why my period was missing but Mm -hmm. it was still insightful to show that I had very low um, estrogen which a lot of the times the stereotype with PCOS is that you're going to have high estrogen no progesterone and high androgens but I had high some high hand androgens and extremely low estrogen like basically menopausal so um it was showing that I was too stressed and not fueling my body enough to make estrogen. So I would never get a cycle until I got that up. So that was kind of, that was the, that was a good wake up call from, from that test. Although you don't need to do that test and pay that much money to, to just be honest with yourself that you're not eating enough. Yeah. Right. And it's almost like who even cares what the exact diagnosis is, you know, is, are you more PCOS? Are you more AJ? Mm-hmm. If your cycle is completely missing, right. Cause that, that's a big difference, right. Irregular cycles versus completely missing cycle. Yeah. Um, and you know, if, if you're seeing those symptoms, just like start taking action mm-hmm. and, you know, a, a test is only so helpful. And I think that, you know, maybe what's more helpful is just from the conversations I've had with practitioners and the events we've had in the, um, the HA society with people like taking us all through lab testing, it appears that like getting your minerals checked and, you know, what are you deficient in nutritionally has made, I've seen anecdotally more of an impact on people because they can actually take 
uh, clear, tangible action with those mm-hmm. results than, you know, knowing necessarily what your estrogen's at right now and what your androgens are at right now. If there's a dysfunction going on in your period, there's, it's kind of like, it shouldn't be all that, that different to, to start stop. taking care of yourself. Yeah, to start, yeah. it shouldn't be all that diff- different, all that difficult to start taking care of yourself. Um, the fundamentals are all the same. Yeah, and those are where you should start. And they usually will work. Yeah, like eat, sleep, rest, protect your emotional space. Cause I think that's really important too. And often overlooked, like who you're investing your energy in and your time in. And um, also I just think therapy in general is helpful. Not, not just for like tackling like, food rules and stuff like that but processing like past emotional traumas or things like that I think that's an often overlooked area that that should be talked about a lot more um yes because the reproductive system in particular HA but you know all the systems almost mm-hmm. it's happening in the brain yeah it's happening in the brain for HA the brain saying no we're not doing, I'm not going to send the signal to ask you to produce estrogen to choose a dominant follicle. I'm just not going to do it. Like it's, yeah. it's starting in the brain. So that's a huge piece. And we're so focused on like getting the test and taking the supplements and doing the, the nutrition side of things, which are so, so important. But yeah, so is looking after yourself mentally. And yeah. And not obsessing because we tend to have obsessive personalities in general. And it's like, what else can I do to make it go faster? And sometimes you just need to do nothing else. Like just let it go. Trust in the process. It takes, it, t- it can take long. It might happen more than once. Cause after you have HA once, if you're, if you'd follow the same patterns, like you're more likely to get it again, but yeah, like your body patterns so more than like your body's susceptibility is like, you, it's the user bias. You mm. are the type of user of your body that is more likely to get it again. Yeah, exactly. And then even like whether you have HA, PCOS, or even the overlap, like just having compassion for yourself. I feel like I felt like so ashamed, especially with the, like when I first heard the PCOS diagnosis, there's actually such a high percentage of women with various types of PCOS. I can't remember the number. It might be like between one and three to one and five or something like that. Women actually have PCOS, but kind of polycystic over. Yeah. Like I have, I've had, I had them, right. Yeah. Yeah. I had polycystic ovaries. I did not identify as someone with PCOS. Yeah, because like had, I just had cystic ovaries, which is yeah, and generally you can't even, you can't get diagnosed from just the cystic ovaries. You yeah. need to also have a like a regular period, and then um or and or high androgens. I do think there's a missing loophole where doctors will often look at many over many follicles and then a missing period, like you said, and misdiagnose with PCOS. I yeah. think androgens are much two more out of three. It's two yeah. out of three. I think androgens are are a much more important piece, mm-hmm. and then. I also just have like a lot of compassion for myself thinking about, I was like, Oh, like, I don't want high androgens like, ew, but I feel like having high androgens helped me be successful in my sport, which has been proven in literature too, like for more muscle development and strength. And it doesn't mean I'm like, I'm less womanly or less worthy because I have these hormonal differences, which I think are a whole topic too, that, that we just need to dive deeper in together. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, I've thought about that too. I haven't really talked about it much, but just this this concept of like a woman should be x mm-hmm. you know i think what we're what we're trying to do is cycle healthily and then that's like number one it's really cool that you that you see it that way and you know i think that we 
in general need to look at like the path that we went down and find the thing don't be too mad at it like Mm -hmm. find the things that there's a reason it brought you here there's a reason it happened and your path from here forward would not be the same without that having happened as well and no yeah definitely like I want I think in education there's so many missing gaps with body education especially in women's health like we learn like oh you have a period and this is what happens it's kind of like taught you and taught to you in like two gym classes and that's it like I just think there's so much more and progress that that can be made and I don't think I'd be this passionate about it if I hadn't experienced this for so many years yeah cool well finish up by telling us exactly where you're at right now and what advice do you have to women who are curious like maybe they are are feeling like they might fall into this category or they have a diagnosis of PCOS, but they also think they have HA and they're conflicted about which one it is. Like, what do you think? Yeah, I'd love to say that. Well, first of all, um, you can, if you ever want to ask about my experience or connect more, my Instagram's um, one love ash. So it's O N E L U V A S H uh, one love ash. And I'd be happy to just talk to you about it. Cause I know I felt alone and it took me a while to find any type of resources on this. So I'd love to connect to chat more. Um, if you feel like you do have PCOS and then it turned into HA or you have both, like really you have to get your period back first by eating more, resting more. And that doesn't mean you have to eat like 3000 calories of junk food a day. You can still make like balanced meals. Um, if that makes like, that makes you feel better and have more variety, uh, and work on getting your cycle back. And as your cycle comes back, you may have more PCOS symptoms and I know they're triggering and they're not fun, but you will get through it and it does get better especially after a few, a few cycles. I'm about, I think I'm like six or seven cycles back into getting my period back after having uh, my stomach ulcer. Um, and I'm very happy with that. I'm, I'm right now where I'm at is just trying to enjoy food, enjoy like social situations and like that I can within my family because of our COVID lockdown, but just not putting so much pressure on myself to like eat perfect or follow any type of food rules, which has been so emotionally freeing. And then, um, enjoying all different types of exercise that, cause I just genuinely love endorphins. I love playing hockey still. I love weightlifting. I love, uh, walking. I just love moving my body and for like the purpose of feeling good, not for controlling how much space I take up in the world. So mm-hmm. just renegotiating your relationship with exercise and taking rest when you need to, I think is really powerful first steps. And yeah, this will be a journey of many ups and downs, but you're not alone and you have great resources like the HA Society to, to connect to and other women who are going through the same thing or have been through it. And if you're trying to have babies or you just want to take care of your bone health and your mental health, like there's so many different reasons to recover and you can do it even if you have PCOS. Wow. This whole episode was worth it just for that end ending closing statement. That was thank really you. awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. Oh, thank you for having I'll me. Links to that Instagram One Love Ash in the show notes. Go check it out. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and your insights. And it it's clear that you just like need to get this out there for other people yeah. to know that it's some shit, but it's fine. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Also, congrats on your pregnancy. So exciting. 
um yeah I'm so excited for you and then I'll also just send you I haven't like I was saying I have my own podcast I haven't recorded in a year but there are episodes about HA and PCOS mm -hmm. and and the overlap on there too so I can send you that too and then in the future hopefully we can do a podcast together on mine too amazing I would love it I would love that. okay thank you okay, so take much care. to you bye Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.